So we, yeah, so we, we like to have fun here. The really our, our niche is niche, whatever. Yeah. What what is that? I I never know either. I've, I've adopted niche because it makes me feel like I'm smart or something. See, Steve is right. It's niche. (laughs) It just, it elevates that word a little bit. I guess I'm saying niche now. (laughs) We have this conversation every single episode with our guests, every single conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Wouldn't It Be Nice podcast, where we're not experts, but we want to be. Dylan does so, backflip. Dylan does backflip. Well, everybody, that. buckle up, because we have a super awesome episode in store for you today with a very, very special guest. I'm Travis, owner of Third Stall Projects in Eastern Iowa, and I am joined by Dylan. Hello. Welcome, all you wannabes. I'm Dylan, also from Eastern Iowa, and my favorite color is um, orangish yellow. But depending on the day, sometimes it's like a forest green. And uh, today, the show is actually called "Wouldn't It Be Nice for Mere Mortals" podcast. And soon, <laughs> you'll know why. My favorite color is Pantone three twenty eight. No, I have no idea mm. what kind of, what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's probably looking that up right now. And they're like, oh wait, that's like it's a dark gray. <laughs> Well, before we before we get to the good stuff and the Pantone um, <laughs> seven three fifty, um, I'll keep this short because we will want to get to our guest here. Um, just tackle a couple of quick housekeeping items first. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Wouldn't It Be Nice underscore podcast. Follow Dylan at Fawcett underscore Woodcraft, and you can follow myself at Third Stall Projects. Uh, make sure to connect with us on Facebook with the Wouldn't It Be Nice community where you can find updates of the show. Um, help us build the community um, and interact with us. Pitch us things. Um, tell us what we're doing wrong because we're probably doing some things wrong, and we want to hear about it. Um, if you do feel led to support the show, make sure to support us on Patreon, uh, where we have three different levels uh, in which you can support us. All of which, actually, on the Patreon will grant you access into our Discord community. So thank you to all of our current wannabes, all of our listeners. We greatly appreciate you. Uh, and we honestly never, ever thought that we would get to uh, the point that we're at. Um so honestly, from from the bottom of our hearts, we we really appreciate that. Now, enough with the housekeeping. Enough with the the sappy thank yous. Without further ado, today's guest is a mere mortal, a legend in the maker community, <laughs> and has an absolutely astounding presence on YouTube. Let's welcome Mister Steve Ramsey. Hey, thanks, guys. This is really fun. I'm glad to hear you guys have a Discord server because everybody's been telling me, you got to get a Discord server. You gotta, <laughs> and that's why. So that works out well for you guys? Um, ours is very inactive right now. So oh. it's, but I really like Discord. I think it's a really great community to just kind of share ideas with and, you know, yeah. talk about whatever you want to talk with. So we're, we're looking forward to building that eventually. So that's why we keep saying it every episode. So we have people gotta, that. You, Keep plugging yeah. it. People will come. Yep. Just <laughs> mm-hmm. Build that ballpark. 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, before I ask the first question, Steve, I have to say that Pantone 328 is very, oh, no, very, very similar to the Makita color. It's like the oh, turquoise, really? kind of like a dark oh. turquoise. Well, I like that color. That is... Do you like Makita tools? <laughs> I have never used Makita tools of my own. I've used them other people, but no, I haven't. <laughs> well, maybe secretly, They're a fine brand. Yes. <laughs> subconsciously, it's your favorite brand because yeah, that's your favorite so. color, right? <laughs> that's it. I can't well, believe you um... picked that up. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I will probably do that a couple more times as we're speaking today, if anything comes up. Um, so to start off, Steve, I'm excited to kind of learn about your journey of kind of where you've where you started and where you are now. Yeah. So we always start off with the first question, which is, how did you get into woodworking in the first place? I started when I was a kid. I was about 12 years old, and my my dad bought this machine called a shopsmith. It, it was, mm -hmm. They still, I guess you can still get them. They're just all in one machine. You flip it around. It's a table saw and mm -hmm. a lathe and everything. And that thing showed up one day and he was so happy to have that. And so I started using it. He started showing me some woodworking techniques on there. And then I kind of gravitated towards the lathe and just made a lot of turned projects using that chopsmith and then eventually i got on to using the table saw on it and all these other features of it and then i just kind of had this like ah, i love doing this i love being able to just make things i'm, I'm sure the stuff i made looked like crap but <laughs> I, had a, I had a blast doing it and so i just kept working doing woodworking whenever i could throughout my entire life even when it was very difficult for me to do woodworking when i lived in the city in san francisco for you know 12 years and we were on the third floor of a six unit apartment building but i could i could actually run an extension cord up to the roof and then i could use just like handheld power tools up there and and built all kinds of things up there it was it was really cool but just had mm. to be you know had to just be diligent about wanting to do woodworking mm. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much how I got started. It's just been something that's always been a part of my life. It had mm -hmm. never been like a, a, a career or anything until YouTube came along. I guess it's still technically it's not a woodworking career. I've, I've got a video making <laughs> career, but you yeah. know, now I get to do woodworking all the time. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, um, yeah, the innovation part, trying to figure out how to, how to set up your, your non-shop <laughs> shop the best way possible. Well, you yeah, know, that's the thing. And that's that. why it, it, <laughs> I think a lot of people who are interested in woodworking come up with a lot of excuses why they can't mm. do woodworking. But if you want to do woodworking, there's lots of ways you can do it. You can even woodwork in, do woodworking in an apartment using hand tools if you want, because you're not going to be, you know, stirring up huge dust clouds or anything. You can use... Uh, like a scroll saw. There's people who can use a scroll saw on a kitchen mm. table. It makes very little mm -hmm. mess. And so there's always ways you can do woodworking if it's something that you really, mm. really want to do. And, I, and once you try doing woodworking, then you're just going to kind of be hooked. You're like, oh, yeah, I love this. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. It, it doesn't is take a, much. It, it, I wouldn't even call it a gateway drug. It's just the drug. Like, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. you instantly try it and you instantly get hooked. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah well, I consider that's my myself experience. the I consider myself the gateway drug to woodworking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People start with my stuff and they're like, "Look, now I got to do bigger stuff." Yeah, they stumble upon a a Steve Ramsey video and they <laughs> yeah, they get the bug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say um I started woodworking before I saw your videos, but your videos did inspire me and you know, encourage me to get out there and you know, build and just have fun with it. Oh, and I was I always liked how you encouraged, like you never were trying to sell tools. You were always just saying, here, you can set up your shop for under, I don't know, I think $100, $500. Thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. Yeah, thousand yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah, shop. yeah, under a thousand bucks. And honestly, I probably followed that list pretty, pretty closely. And, oh, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I followed the exact tools that you recommended, but it's, yeah. it's the idea of It's definitely doable. Up. And and it's yeah. definitely doable if you're also willing to look in the used tool market. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. today are afraid that anything used is not going to be any good. You know, kind of our, our current climate of consumerism and having to always buy the best of everything. But man, mm-hmm. tools, older tools, there's there's you know, there's not a lot to them. There's it's a motor and it spins a thing. And and as long as that's working, you're probably good. They haven't really. You know, there, there's there's been a, a there's been improvements to tools over the years, but a lot of those are kind of minor in, mm. compared to what you can actually do with some older tools. So yeah, you can definitely save some money by buying older tools, and they're good. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about today's used tool purchasing opportunities with the recent surge of like Facebook Marketplace? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's pretty good place to do it. I I think that when you are looking for used tools, one of the things I always tell people is to look for estate sales in your area Mm. because some old dude had been woodworking in his garage (laughs) for the past 50 (laughs) years and then died. And then his family's like, we don't, we we just got to get rid of this stuff. We don't know what it Mm -hmm. is. And you go in there and you find all this amazing, (laughs) all this amazing stuff, including all the little jars, you know, screwed up under the cabinets filled with screws. (laughs) It's been there for the past 35 years. Yep. What's like one of the, I guess um, I could go two ways. I'll just go this way. So what is like the most bang for your buck, like used tool purchase you've ever found? Uh, Clamps. Definitely mm. clamps. Uh, that's, I think a lot of people, and again, if these estate sales, if they don't really know what they have, they they sell those clamps way less than probably what they, they should sell mm-hmm. them for. Clamps in and of themselves don't seem like they'd be an expensive tool to buy. But yeah, they, it's they're crazy. Pretty, they're pretty spendy. You buy like a <clears throat> what, 24-inch Bessie clamp or something, and you're looking at Thirty five, forty dollars, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe even more. Yeah, yeah. The fifty ones mm. are like, they might be seventy nine ninety nine a piece. Mm. Yeah, it's not, crazy. Not cheap. And one of the things people ask me for tool recommendations sometimes, and I, I'm like the worst person to ask because I honestly, I, I will use a tool until it's just done. So I, I'm not buying tools a lot. Most of the tools mm. in my shop I've had for years you know until they stop working for some reason or another i have no reason to really upgrade them Mm -hmm. do you have a tool brand that you go to 
Uh, not really. I mean, I like to recommend for hobbyists to buy inexpensive tools. Uh, Ryobi, a lot of my tools are Ryobi tools, and they work great. I think people confuse them, and they get they get a lot of hate because people are confusing those with like professional grade tools that you're going to be using on a job site mm-hmm. day in and day out and dropping off of ladders and, and you know, uh, giving them a lot of use. But most of the people who do woodworking are hobbyists. And those are all the people that I'm appealing to with my YouTube channel. And then my courses is just people who are only working on weekends or whenever they get a chance to. And there's no reason to spend a thousand dollars on a random orbit sander, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you're, I guess if you're going to use it every day, you're, you're operating a professional cabinet shop, it might be worth it then to buy a thousand dollar sander. But yeah, you get into the professional yeah. market right. and that's a totally, <laughs> totally different game. I mean, I, I used a, like a $30, um, black and Decker sander since 2018 now. And I've, used it i mean I've, I've used it abused it and it's still kicking going strong so it's cheap tools do the trick if you need them to <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. oh okay now i see the cat and i gotta say oh yeah. what's the cat's name this is nemo nemo um, um like the fish yeah yeah is that is it cause he, it, sorry do you have just the yeah. one cat no we have another one um those two are sisters the other one's oh. name is llama Um, and then we actually have an outside cat who's my shop buddy. Um, we found him under a shed. His name's Willard. Willard. Oh my God. So he came inside and he's a big boy. (laughs) Do you have cats too, Steve? I do. I'm obsessed with cats. I'm just a crazy cat guy. You know, (laughs) I was going to say crazy cat lady, but I don't know if I wanted to go there or not. But yeah, we've got two, Cobra and Bubbles. They're brother and sister. Yeah, Cobra (laughs) and Bubbles. What what is that from? It's from Lilo and Stitch. Oh yeah. I I was thinking. Cobra Bubbles was the big, Ving Ving Rames played the character. You know, this big, huge dude. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad we're not the only one that names after Disney movies. So <laughs> my mind went to um, dodgeball for some reason. I don't know why I, oh. I thought of Cobra, like Cobra something. Uh, anyway, um, I have cats too. I've got three, but we didn't what name them after Disney, not Disney movies. Um, Leo, Ollie and Loki. Mm-hmm. Well, technically Loki is Disney now. It's a well, Disney you're property. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. We all did Disney. <laughs> Loki I had somebody is... tell me they, they named their cat Loki. Because he was just really low key. <laughs> we named our cat Loki because he's the opposite of that. He's the god of mischief. <laughs> That's why we named him that because he's insane. Yeah. And he's he's so he's half blind. So he, we rescued him off of a farm, and he his eyes were like infected and all gooey, and we we weren't sure if we were going to be able to bring him back. But he you know he survived, but now he's permanently like half blind. He just runs into oh. stuff all the time, and he's always playing with oh, no. with toys and. Um, I mean, he's a kitten, so he's always got the energy too. So he's, he's just mischievous, mischievous in that way, but he's like extra mischievous because he can't see things. (laughs) Well, you know, one of the best things, one of the best things I've built in recent years, and we'll probably get to like what are some of my favorite projects, but this is definitely one of them was I made this, they call it catification. When you take a room and you make it really 
cat friendly with things on the walls for them to like climb up. So I made all these shelves. Mm. I did this during the lockdown. I had a whole lockdown series on my on my <laughs> YouTube channel. And so it's a series of shelves that go up to the the ceiling and then it goes around our dining room and goes down into an actual tree that I cut from our backyard and took branches up so they can climb up that. And mm. I think it was probably one of the best. It it, it looks ridiculous, and it, but I love it. The cats love it, and they go racing. They just tear ass through the house, <laughs> and then they just <laughs> chase each other up there. It's like it's entertainment. We just watch that. We just pull up a chair and we're like, oh, look at the cats. They're doing their thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I have thought about building like a cat tower because yeah. uh, ours climb, and we have like my wife is super into the farmhouse. I really like it too, but we have like blanket ladders everywhere. So they climb the blanket ladders and do <laughs> their thing. But yeah, I kind of like to make a cat tower and go to home Depot and get a remnant piece of carpet and wrap it up. And Yeah, and- that's exactly what I did. I, I, I've made a number of those. And then like for a post, I've just taken that sizal rope, you know, that, that like, I don't know if it's hemp or whatever that is. And mm-hmm. then just hot glued it all the way mm-hmm. up and, Oh man, they love that. They just scratch mm. it. And it just it feels really good to their. That's good to know. Nails, yeah, mm. that's awesome. That's we a got our cat talk like to take on too. <laughs> cat <Yeah>. talk. We, <laughs> Have you ever thought about right? just doing an all cat <laughs> podcast? I'm down for just, it. I'll be your first guest. Just, how about we just co-host it together? <laughs> cat talk. I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just show like cat memes be... and cats riding Roombas. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm down. I'm here. Yep. It has to be video podcast for sure. It has to has be. To, yeah. has, has to have video. My yeah. my wife actually, um, have you ever heard of, oh, Canopy Cat Rescue? That's, I know. Uh-uh. It's, it's, they're big on TikTok, but it's a nonprofit that they, they're up in the Pacific Northwest. So really tall trees all the time, right? And cats get stuck in trees far more often than you think they've they're nonprofits. So they do this just to help people out. And they have like three or four calls a day all over the state of Oregon and, um, Washington of cats getting stuck in trees. And oh, my wife man. runs the social media for them. So that's why I know about it. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. You never, hmm. never think that cats get stuck in trees that often, but apparently they do. Well, so I had to rescue Cobra a couple of weeks ago. And you see, our cats are, during the lockdown, we had a lot of time on our hands. And we had just gotten these kittens like three weeks before the lockdown started. So mm-hmm. we had all this time on our hands. And so I, I clicker trained them. I trained them. You can really train cats to do all kinds of things. I trained them to do tricks and jump over things and to shake hands. and But I trained them to stay in our backyard, which is all fenced around it by click clicker and reward and then whenever they would Mm. go up on the fence i would grab them and pull them down say no you got to stay in the yard and now they stay in the yard all the time except recently i cut down all this ivy on the back fence which is just like this wire fence and Mm -hmm. cobra for some reason or another has been fascinated by it and i don't know how he did it but he ended up on the other side of this fence and I looked out the door and he's over there, meow, meow, meow. And he was like panicking because he couldn't get back over. And oh, no. I was like, well, you dummy, what did you do? Dude, he <laughs> must have like fallen over it or something. And so, and here, here's what cats do is it's just so dumb. So it's just like wire fence, you know? And so I'm like, 
okay, I'm just going to cut a little hole in it and reach in and grab them. So I'm like cutting it up. I'm like ruining this fence, basically. Cut the hole in there. I'm like, Cobra, Cobra, what does he do? He goes the other way. I'm like, no, stupid. I'm here to rescue you. So I go to the, (laughs) I go further down the fence and I'm like, all right, here you are. Stay there. And there's this huge hill behind there. It's like this huge slopey hill filled with ivy. He can barely see up about above this ivy. And so... I cut another hole in there. What did he do? He goes the other way, and I cannot get him through there. Finally, he jumps up on this other fence that's going the opposite direction, and he can't go anywhere <laughs> on there. So I was like a, the hero for a day, and I, I managed to like muscle up over this fence. Thankfully, I'd been working out for the past ten years, and I, <laughs> I muscle up and just hopped over there. I, I felt like you know like a superhero or something. And I got over there and I grabbed him. He's grabbing on, you know, with his claws, and then I I hand him over the fence to my wife i'm like here here he is and he's, he walks away like no no big deal yeah that was all and then I, I got over so that's my story of rescuing a small cat i'm a hero cats have no regard for us and our needs they don't i'm like how can you be so stupid what what did you do how why what were you thinking and then he's just like walks away like yeah no big deal it's yeah. fine <laughs> Oh yeah, that's, that's amazing. Familiar, yeah. That's that's hilarious. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I feel like we could start the pet the cat podcast right now. The cat cast. This is devolving the cat into cast. cat talk. <laughs> yeah, we need to hop back into woodworking. <laughs> A podcast. Podcasts. Oh, somebody's bound to have already taken that name. I'm sure. There's another <laughs> opportunity for me to Google something. Google. Podcast. Um, I'll let Dylan yep, do his thing it's before a thing. I jump in. It's, it's well, already been taken, of course. Are you blind when you're born? Can you see in the dark? Join us every week for an in-depth exploration of the ineffable, effable, effable history of the movie and musical behemoth cats. What? Hmm. No, that's not the kind of cats I want to podcast I, about. Those people no. are crazy. They took a fantastic name. <laughs> they ruined it on a Andrew Lloyd <laughs> Webber <movie>. musical. <laughs> yeah. So your um video about, you know, setting up your shop for under a thousand bucks is a lot of how I kind of modeled my shop just like Dylan. Um it was one of the first videos I watched. Today I signed up for your email list just because I thought, well, I need to do that okay. anyways. Um so I did that. But I'm really fascinated by kind of the theory behind, um, like, your list. So can you di- – do you mind diving into that a little bit of, like, sure, what's essential for just the shop in general, what needs to be a power tool, what you can maybe substitute for hand tool, whatever it may be? So I came up with the list in conjunction with my first woodworking course that I came up with. And the whole – the whole conceit of this course was to start woodworking without any prior experience. You had zero experience. I always like to tell people that you you never have to have even touched a hammer in your life. And we're not like we're going to be using hammers in the course anyways, but you you don't have to do any of that. And that it's a lot cheaper than you think. Cause a lot of people have this idea in their head that woodworking is a very expensive hobby. And mm. of course it can be, but it doesn't have to be that way, especially when you're getting started. So, I I thought about this and I thought, okay, if I wanted to start, $1,000 is a 
not a lot of money to start woodworking, what would those tools be to in order to build actual projects that you can really use? And so I thought about that a lot and I, th I came up with, I, and this is, I think probably the most controversial one is my first one is a miter saw. Cause a lot of people kind of say, no, you really don't need a miter saw. But to me, if you are just starting in woodworking, that's like one of the most useful tools you can have to just make cross cut projects. And in fact, I have a, like my first, first two projects in the course are just using the miter saw, getting to, to cross cut boards and then how to assemble those. So anyways, I, I think a cross cut uh, or a, a miter saw, and then a circular saw is important because you're going to probably mm. want to get plywood and you need to break it down. I recommend a jigsaw because you're probably going to want to make some curved cuts. And then, uh, of course, a driver and a drill. I recommend getting both of those, an impact driver and a drill. And then ultimately, a table saw. And I think that once you are comfortable with the other tools and then you can dive into using the table saw, then basically you can make anything, you know, and mm -hmm. you can make anything in my courses using those tools and a few other odds and ends, you know, clamps and, and glue and <laughs> that sander. Oh yeah. Sander is, is another one of those things, but yeah. you know, and then that's enough to make a lot of really cool projects. And then at some point mm -hmm. you're probably going to want to get a, a planer. You might want to get a joiner. You, um, you may want to invest in a drill press. And so there's, there's, and there's, there's like a billion different types of sanders you could buy. Mm. And so, but the idea is that you're going to be buying tools as you have a need for them. I'm not really a believer in just going out and blanketing your shop and building a huge shop with a lot of tools that you don't really know what you're going to do with especially because you right. don't have the experience to know exactly what you want in that particular tool. And so once you get more experience making some projects, then you'll know exactly what you need from a drill press rather than just mm -hmm. go and just buy like the most expensive one. Cause it must be good. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. hmm. So I'm going to assume position of student right now. Um, clearly, or I, I would say, really because you've forgotten more than I will ever know in terms of this woodworking world. So um, just that joke missed, but it'll work. <laughs> it'll work for the time <laughs> no, I'm being. I'm sorry. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I, I was trying to process it. It was all. You know, I, was still, I was still thinking about the, the, the office trivia and thinking, damn, I wish I had gotten that answer right. <laughs> I was like, dang, he didn't like it. I'm going to call him out. I thought it was one of those jokes you don't laugh at. You just kind of like, you're like, oh yeah, like, those you are just quip. You puff a little air I out of your nose. I feel horrible now. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm purely joking. I'm purely joking. Um, but because oh, yeah, it was a terrible joke. This, yeah. Well, that part's it's funny. That, right now. <laughs> um, assuming the role of student. So where I'm at in my woodworking realm is stuck in a job site saw. Um, I bought mm -hmm. a Ryobi job site saw on Black Friday a few years ago because I was in construction at the time, but it just doesn't fit what I need to do. So how do you view like upgrading? And then you can use the table saw as an example, but you know, what kind of steps do you take in terms of making decisions, price points, figuring out 
Yeah. Um, only by if it's something that you're getting really frustrated with trying to get by with what you have. Mm -hmm. I started out uh, 15 years ago on my YouTube channel using a craftsman little table saw. You know, it's it's basically mm -hmm. those entry level things that you can buy. And I bought it when we moved into this house. And I thought, well, it'll just be a table saw. It can get, get me by for a while. And I used that for a while until I realized there's certain things that I couldn't do on it. It was having a really hard time cutting dados. It didn't have enough power to cut through mm -hmm. larger. Just the table itself was kind of small. And so there were, there were a series of little things that after I'd been making projects on it for a while, I realized, wow, th this could be better. And so I just kind of like moaned about it and bitched about it for a while until mm -hmm. a, a bunch of guys got together and secretly bought me a table saw. <laughs> mm. That's what actually this plaque behind the here. Porter cable, right? The Porter cable. Yeah, they don't make yeah. that anymore. It was like, it was the same as a Hitachi saw at the time. And mm -hmm. so it was kind of a, I guess, a cabinet saw sort of, you know, it's on wheels. You can move it around. But and that's the one I still use. And it, it works fine. You know, it's mm -hmm. developed like little quirks here and there. But I, I just know <laughs> that saw really well. And. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, I have a feeling it's probably going to be a few more years left in it, but I, I'm not sure. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's starting to make some odd sounds, and I have to mm -hmm. kick like a like a wedge under it because it's a little wobbly and, and stuff. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, <laughs> it, it gets the job done. And I would say that <laughs> when you're buying a buying a table saw, really the most important thing is getting a good rip fence. Uh, I think that's mm -hmm. one of the things that distinguishes yeah. a really cheap table saw is it comes with a really, mm -hmm. really crappy rip fence. You know, one of those little wonky ones that is never lined up perfectly with the blade each time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, you can get by <laughs> with those. I On my old Craftsman saw, I just actually literally measured the front and the rear of the blade against the rip fence each time to make sure that it was parallel. but. That's but not, then you go to cinch okay. it down and it comes back and out. And then square. it moves, right? Yeah. It's, oh. yeah. And then the miter gauge also is in it. They always come with those little cheap plastic weird yeah. miter gauge. Yeah. 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 I, I had the – I bought it, my very first table saw I bought myself. Um, it was back in 2018. I just got married, my wife and I. I had always wanted to get back into woodworking, so we found this – $75 craftsman. It's like 1979, something like that. Just a kind of a contractor's saw. So it had like a solid base thing was super heavy, could barely move it. Cause there was no wheels, just pain in the ass all the time. And it was super inconsistent with the, with the fence and everything about it was just janky. And eventually that crapped out. So I was able to upgrade. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. Th actually. Yeah. Travis was there. <laughs> Travis was there. We were ripping down a two by four and it just stopped. And oh. <laughs> I was, I was hoping that it would honestly. So when Travis, I don't even think actually Travis, you didn't break it. We just blew my circuit. And then like a week later I broke it. But you know, that was like the, that was this, uh, the straw leading up to the camel's back being broken with the final straw. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Okay, so um, but you got a was, new saw out of the deal. I got a new saw out of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was I was getting to the point where I needed to upgrade anyway. And and Lowe's yeah. had their their big Delta fifty percent off sale, and I hopped on that, and I was able I was lucky enough to be able to actually get the saw. And it's like what you're saying, like the rip fence is game changer. Once you have oh, yeah. a, a rip fence that is accurate, consistent, 
and well built man it's it's like it brought my woodworking up like three levels because I was able to efficiently use my table saw. I didn't waste 10 minutes every single time trying to get it all dialed in and right just yeah. to, just to have to do it all over again and for a while yeah, there. See, that's I think my saw is starting to get to that point now where <laughs> I, I have to just like I spend a lot of time fussing around with it now to, to, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's I, I don't like spending money so I I, just, mm. I keep putting these things off, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I am. That although well, kind of your thing, Steve, is is building the cheap shop or building a, a shop as yeah. cheap as you need, and you know not spending a ton of money because why? I mean, there's no real reason why you need to because you can get away with using fewer tools, cheaper tools. Um, a mm-hmm. testament to that is uh, for like two years, all I had was a table saw and a palm sander, and that's it. Wow! And I was able I was able to build stuff with it. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. I don't like spending money if I don't have to. So I just didn't. And yeah. uh, I may do. I, I mean, table saw is so um, versatile because you can, you can make miter cuts. You can make dado cuts. You can make all the different cuts you really need to make. Only things you can't do are something that a jigsaw or a bandsaw can do. And right. at yeah, that point, I wasn't building cuts. projects um, in that way anyway. So, hmm. yeah. But that's it's proof you make do with what you have and if you have fun doing it then it's great yeah that's the that's the whole point you know if you're getting into it as a hobby just have fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah um so this is this is kind of funny this is a divine intervention moment um and kind of a tangent but it's related as <laughs> dylan and i talk text back and forth all day every day it seems like I was telling him today how I was starting to get a little discouraged in a way um, in the in the woodworking in terms of, you know, just not landing a lot of jobs or whatever it may be. And while we were talking about that, it was really weird. I just got a text that said, uh, hey, I got your number from so-and-so. Can you make me an entryway bench? <laughs> mm, nice, and, dude. Yeah, I just I had to share that because that feels really good. Yeah, it's way to go. It it feels good to get those messages. Yeah, and that's a great segue to to a question for you, Steve, because I know you just said you know you're not running a woodworking business; you're running like a video making business. So, right. do you have commissioned pieces that you sell, or is it all just no. for video making? Yeah, it's just all for or for the video. I, I have sold mm-hmm. some pieces over the years, and. um it, then it got to be if I had extra things that I was making, I would just I would just auction those off for charity. And then now the stuff I make is usually stuff that I need or I want for the house uh, or things mm-hmm. that I can uh, give away to people that I know. Mm. Hmm. I for a long time it was uh, I kept making stuff, and uh, it got to the point where it was like I. I don't have any other things to make in my house. So I was yeah. like, well, maybe I'll just try to sell it. Maybe I'll try to make some money off of it because I want to keep doing it because yeah. I had the bug, right? Like it's an addiction and I couldn't stop it. So I was like, well, I'm going to find a reason to keep going and might as well try to make some money out of it. So here we are now. What uh-huh. kind of things are you selling? Oh, man. Um, 
I love getting all sorts of different projects. I, I don't mm-hmm. like making the same thing over and over again. So a oh, lot so of do everything. Like cu- custom, custom pieces? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what I've done recently. Um, well, we just did the Maker collab. Yeah, that's true. That was true. very custom. Yeah, that was very, very custom. That was like my first thing I've built in like a year that was not commissioned. So it's mm. it was cool to get back to that. And we built a guitar. So we're we're nice. actually talking about continuing to do that. Because I, I think we got the guitar building bug too now. We're, yeah. mm. it's, so, um, but I, I like to do a lot of furniture pieces like shelves and um, yeah. side tables and stuff like that um i do a lot of small stuff too bottle openers i have a laser engraver so i do a lot of like fun laser engravings on bottle openers that sort of thing um cutting boards of course um what else i'm trying to think oh i got an order recently for a a big canvas so i know i have a friend that's a painter and he wanted me to build a frame like a floating frame for a canvas that he's Hmm. my mic going that's me again i think maybe Okay, nope, sorry, I wasn't. I think it might have been me because my light was flashing. Sorry about that. Brand new cable, and it's still causing me heck. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Um, my friend's painter has this big three by three canvas he wanted me to paint, and his idea is he wants to paint the frame too. So he has a framed painting, but the it's all one thing. So it'd all be cool. Right. It'd be cool to see how how he approaches it. So. Uh, to answer your question, a little bit of everything. I just yeah, but I that's like pretty taking, cool because then you can yeah. take on a new challenge each time. It's always something different. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if it was the same thing over and over again, I just don't think I could do it. I get so yeah, bored. there's a lot of guys doing that. A lot of guys doing that, aren't they? Like cutting boards. Yeah. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. even like cabinet building, I just don't know if I'd like to do it because it's just the yeah. same thing. Building a big box over and over again. Yeah. Oh. Okay, you just got to do it fast. You got to get yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you get really good at it, but I just don't know if I want to. Sure, yeah. I don't know. Kind of seems like stuck in the same same pattern over and over again. I just that's not how I operate. I get. Yeah. I do things because I like to do it, and I do it because I like I like to have fun with it. And if I get bored, then I have very low threshold for that. And I'm just like, okay, on to the next thing, and try not to do that with woodworking. <sighs> um, so. A lot of the things that we talk about here too are within within our projects. We're pretty open and vulnerable about like what we do and don't do well. When I watch YouTube, more so on the construction side, I'm a big construction guy. Um, I'll watch people throw up, you know, these quarter million dollar um barn dominiums or something yeah Mm. and on youtube the process just looks flawless like they never (laughs) missed a nail they (laughs) never missed a cut and we don't like that um we really like to be you know because how else do you learn right so i'd be curious to know um kind of what your thoughts are for redoing i guess oopses in the shop or kind of your some experiences that you've had yeah, and I think it's important to know that YouTube is, has a lot of different reasons for watching and for making YouTube videos. And a lot of uh, today is just kind of sit back and watch and not so much of educational content on mm-hmm. YouTube. 
And so, and I like watching those too. I love the drone shots flying over the barn dominium and seeing how it's all, all coming together. Right. But in answer to your question, I think that one of the fundamental uh, things about woodworking is dealing with mistakes because I believe every single project is going to have mistakes and have problems mm -hmm. and challenges that you have to overcome. I've been doing this for over 50 years, I think. And mm -hmm. the, the, I don't think I've ever made a project where something didn't go wrong or I didn't face some sort of challenge. That I did, something didn't fit together right or I cut a board wrong. And I think that the, the key is understanding that that's not the end of a project you're still moving in a direction of getting a project completed and if you have a stumbling block along the way in a way that's kind of an interesting challenge and it, it poses mm -hmm. a new way of thinking it's like okay i was thinking about building the project in this one particular way now all of a sudden i have this i've got to deal with how can i continue to make the project with that in mind so it, it's a matter of and woodworking is very forgiving that way you can almost mm -hmm. always fix an error you know if you have a, a notch you, you cut out of the board in the wrong spot or or you've gouged it or, or you cut a board even too short or whatever you've done there's always probably not always most always there's always <laughs> almost always a way to fix that yeah. and move forward without having to say well now i gotta scrap the project and start all over and I think that's something that especially new woodworkers need to understand that when that happens to not look at it as a really frustrating moment, but looking at, look at it more kind of holistically, like this is a huge project I'm making. This is just one component mm -hmm. of that, that all of a sudden is wanting to veer off in this other direction because I, I did something mm -hmm. dumb, but you can bring it mm -hmm. back and you can think about what are some of the, and, and sometimes those, the, Things you come up with to fix those problems are solutions that you can use in future projects too. Mm -hmm. And the more, mm -hmm. and you know, everybody always says you learn from your mistakes, but that's, that is true. The more mistakes you make, the, the more you kind of know what to look out for in the future, mm -hmm. but you're still going to make those mistakes, but you also right, know yeah. how to, how to deal with it when it happens. But I think that's an important part of woodworking. Yeah. And, and whenever I make videos, I always keep those in there. I think that's a really important part of the, the learning process to sh mm. show, well, here's this thing I screwed up on here. Here's how I'm going to go about fixing it. Mm -hmm. I so love that. Well put. Yeah. Yeah. I, apply that to, to life in general. I, I've, I tend to believe that the most uncomfortable situations we're put in are the situations we grow most in. And that's the same with woodworking. When Absolutely. we make a mistake and you're like, crap, now I'm in this place. And it's like, you got to problem solve and it challenges you. And I, honestly, that's the fun part for me is being challenged. By it that, is. So. It, it can actually yeah. be the fun part. And if you, if you have that mindset yeah. and start thinking about that as challenges are fun and you're, you're doing this woodworking, most of us who are doing it as a hobby, it should mm. never get to the point where it's frustrating and you just want to quit right. and throw things down. And if it is, if you are getting frustrated and we all do get frustrated from time to time, Stop. Stop for the mm -hmm. moment. Go for a walk. Do something because you're not going to be productive at all if you're just really angry or getting frustrated. And then you'll have time to think and you'll come back and you'll see it in a whole new light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And you're probably more likely to get hurt if you keep going when you're angry. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a big component, yeah. too. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely not safe. You start getting angry and, <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. no. Guilty. About it yeah. <laughs> guilty, yeah. I've been angry a couple times in the shop. Absolutely guilty. <laughs> Hence oh, my, what causes my anger is my table saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Full circle. That's when you know you need to get a new table saw when you're wanting to chuck it across the room. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. And then the, the table saw loses a finger and you don't, but you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so what what made you start videos? I, I know that I know the story behind you started making videos with like roller coasters, right? Is that the beginning or is that just part <laughs> yeah. of it? Yeah. Yeah, actually no, I started um it's funny you mentioned this because I just I'll be posting a video probably tomorrow about my 15th anniversary of YouTube, which was nice. just last week. I had 15 mm, years of doing this. Congratulations. That's awesome. But yeah, it's crazy. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so what I did is I, I joined YouTube and started uploading uh, some roller coaster videos because I was a big roller coaster enthusiast. And so my first video. To, that I ever uploaded to my channel was a roller coaster video. And then right after that, I uploaded woodworking projects because I'd already been doing woodworking. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, this would be a fun way to kind of document what I'm doing rather than just taking photos over photos of the of the things I've made. And so over time, over the next couple of years, I started noticing that people were watching the woodworking videos and commenting. And those were the ones that were really gaining interest rather than my my POV <laughs> roller coaster videos and family videos. <laughs> and so I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do the, the, the woodworking stuff more. And so as soon as I did that, it everything changed. Mm. And so then I, and it took a while before all of a sudden that just became kind of a full-time thing. Cause I, I still had a day job when I started. And mm. I just, I never would have predicted any of that. It was, mm. it was crazy, crazy career. In, in a alternate universe, you have a channel that's roller coasters for mere mortals, and your roller coasters took yeah, off. I know. <laughs> and you're famous I know. because of well, roller see, coasters. The problem was, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> the, the problem at the time was there was already people doing roller coaster videos, and mine were crap compared to what they were doing. Mm. You know, so all I had was this little <laughs> handheld little still camera, and I would take it on and shoot some video and. Yeah, but mm. it, we we had fun making those. And there's still Probably. one on my YouTube channel. I keep it there as kind mm. of an Easter egg. Mm. Here's an idea mm. for you for a build, Steve. You should build a, mm. a mini model of a roller coaster. That is a complicated problem. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. But you know, there's there's guys who have made their own backyard roller coasters, which is really astounding mm. to mm-hmm. see some of those mm. things. I, um, I've seen a, a couple of wooden ones and then some guys making a lot of steel. It's amazing. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a fun venture for kids too, especially. When your kids yeah. have a little roller coaster in the backyard, that'd be fun. I don't know if I'm up for that one, but I'll let the YouTubers <laughs> do that. That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah, see that's what so, those are the I like watching those on YouTube. Like, oh look at that guy doing something really crazy. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it, but that's fun to watch him do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, why do you keep making videos? 
I mean, it's it's your uh, job, right? I mean, you're that's your yeah, money maker, you know, but I think that is it's a really good question because I don't think enough people ask themselves that why they mm. they keep making videos after they've been doing it for a while because it used to be just that I would think, well, this is my job, this is what what I do, but it's only been in the past five or six years that I have really started to understand sort of my place in woodworking and, and w mm. why I'm here. And it's only from talking to so many people who have learned woodworking. It's a very humbling experience to go to like, you know, the, the woodworking shows and was the one I just went to. <laughs> I can't think of the name oh, of the uh, one. Workbench. Uh, workbench. Yeah. Yeah. And to have people say, you know, hey, I, I learned woodworking because of you. And now I've got a business and, and doing all this stuff. And I I never really realized that, that I was making kind of an impact in people's lives and, until it really was fairly recently. Before mm -hmm. that, I was just kind of like cranking out videos, doing the thing. And so now I, I treat what I'm doing with a lot more respect for mm -hmm. the viewer and a, a lot more respect for what how I can help people out. I, I, I get huge satisfaction out of knowing that I am that gateway drug that people can find <laughs> woodworking from me and that they, they know yeah. that here's a guy who's been doing it a while, but he's willing to take the time to go through step by step on some of the most very basic processes, like, like how to put a drill bit into a chuck or something like that, because it, it, most people kind of take that for granted that people know mm -hmm. these types of things. And mm -hmm. so I think that it's just very re rewarding for me now in, in a lot of different ways that I never would have expected. Yeah. It's, for me, woodworking is a therapy. I mean, it's it's somewhere I can escape the world and just be, you know? And I, mm -hmm. I think that's, a lot of people are finding that too. So, like, if I were in your shoes, I mean, I'd be honored that I get to do that because of the fact that it, you're introducing so many people to this safe place that they get to go to and, and get to, you know, just create and, and be themselves in and, and their garage. I mean, it's such a simple thing, but it's such a powerful thing, I think. Yeah, I think it, it has woodworking has the power to completely change your outlook on life because it, yeah, it gives you agreed. something that you can do that you can produce. You can create mm -hmm. something from something out of nothing that wasn't there mm -hmm. before that you've taken. You literally are doing something that 99 percent of the people you will ever meet have never done. Right, it's yeah. just to build something from nothing. And I, I think that's very, very empowering. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Wholeheartedly agreed. Yeah. Hmm. So that kind of leads me to this next question. And, and maybe you just answered this question, but I think you show a lot of generosity in, in accepting a, um, co-host slot on a on a very small startup podcast. So, I guess why 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 jump on something that's so small and and new? Are you talking about this podcast? Yeah, our our podcast. Because you guys are awesome. Any other podcast? <laughs> no, I will always I will always help people out whenever I can. I would never say no to people. Ask me. I, I've had. 
I had a kid uh, about a year ago who asked if he could interview me for his class. It was in the Midwest somewhere. I think it might have been Iowa. It was a high school class, and there was like 12 people in his class, and he went, just wanted to do a live show for that. And I'm like, yeah, let's let's hmm. do it. Because I think that the amount of goodwill that can generate from one person to another can go so far by just mm-hmm. having that one. I know it's cliche, that one random act of kindness, but doing that one thing goes so much yeah. further than just saying a knee-jerk reaction of just no to things there's whole books out people have on just say no to things and you know you've got to start saying no more often and being more assertive and i think that that's kind of in general not the best advice i think that it, the, the mm. world would be a better place if, if we often said yes to people mm. that's a, i like that I outlook that. i yeah to your point yeah i totally agree but also saying no is also important to you um in in some context <laughs> Um, just the fact I've pushed myself so hard sometimes where I'm like, I take on project after project, that's a project. And I'm like, okay, I need to start saying no. Cause I'm just burnt out. And uh, <laughs> I often, I often go to the Ron Swanson co- quote where he's talking about having multiple jobs. And he says, um, don't half-ass lots of things, whole ass one thing. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I like that ideology just cause of being able to take space for the things you truly like to do. And, um, but I, well, I, I think really that's, there's a lot of, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like this whole idea of unitasking rather than multitasking and being mm-hmm. able to, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but when you're doing that one thing, give it your all and, and don't just, don't mm-hmm. just phone that in. And so that can apply mm-hmm. to everything we do, including the woodworking and, and also to get mm-hmm. back to how woodworking is important for people is because mm-hmm. it forces you to just be in that moment and mm. doing what you're doing, mm. which a, a, a lot of us are so distracted these days with mm. so many different things. And when you're running a table mm-hmm. saw, you cannot be distracted. You have to be there. And so you you really are living at that moment. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I love that you, you provide those experiences for people. I mean, even for us, like this is, this is a huge honor for us. And we just, we've already said, thank you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love, I love your, just your, your thoughts on not saying no to those types of opportunities, being able to pass on that to other people. That's awesome, man. So we're, man, I can't believe we're almost done with this episode. Uh, Time so, flies when you're having yeah, fun. It does. Time's it fun really when does. you're having flies, as the frog says. See, there's my dad joke. <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Was that a woodworking pun too, Travis? Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it, yeah. No, I would have said glued it. <laughs> glued, <laughs> glued it. Yeah. Man, we didn't even have to ask that question. <laughs> what we did, always... What did, you know what I like are anti-jokes. You guys you guys know about anti-jokes? These are kind of fun. Oh, jokes yes. I love it. these. They're just dumb. Like, what did yeah. seven say to nine? Nothing. Numbers can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get my nieces and nephews, um, when the geese are flying overhead, I'll say, you know the flying V and how one side is longer than the other? I, say, I always say, you know why they do that? Or you know why that is? It's because one side has more geese 
<laughs> See, that's a, those are my kind of jokes. They're anti jokes. It's, it's yeah. like yeah. the the nature walk. You ever seen those videos? Oh, um, Lenny he's, Pepperbottom. He's he's like that's a that's a birch tree. You can tell by the way it is. How yep. neat is that? That's pretty neat. So, quick fun fact: um, Character Day, senior year of high school, homecoming. I went as him. <laughs> Oh really? Oh, you wore yeah, the whole stuff but... like the outdoor get up with the hat and the yep the, the long socks. <laughs> yep, vest, bucket hat, everything. <laughs> Those but... videos are so good. Those are like what's a pirate's favorite favorite letter of the alphabet? R. Uh, no, the most pirates agree that, or most historians agree that pirates were probably illiterate, so they didn't have a favorite letter. <laughs> 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 that's good i like that that's so funny okay i gotta here i am googling again i gotta find anti-jokes <laughs> they're just dumb i had a whole bunch of these in my the, my newsletter my christmas newsletter I, I had like a whole bunch of christmas anti-jokes that i came up with on on my very own and uh, i'm very proud of those that's awesome <laughs> oh what is What's a vampire's favorite food? Doesn't mm. matter because vampires aren't real. <laughs> it, it honestly, it puts you in a different frame of thinking. <laughs> because there's really nothing it's funny a, about them. They're just like, oh, okay. It's <laughs> but it's but funny laugh. because it's funny because it's not the answer you were expecting. It subverts your <laughs> expectations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, why did the chicken cross the road? Well, usually chickens only do a couple of different things. You know, they they, they lay eggs or something, you know. <laughs> There's not a lot. <laughs> yeah, I used to follow a Facebook account way back in the day um, called the Anti-Joke Apple. And it would mm -hmm. have those, have those mm -hmm. every single day. Um, like, what's some... red... What's red and really bad for your teeth? <laughs> this is going to be a dark one, I think. A brick that somebody throws at you. A brick. <laughs> um, All right. Our last question that we always ask is, what is your wouldn't it be nice? I would love to, wouldn't it be nice? Hmm. So it's like fill in the blank here, right? I got to have something. Mm -hmm. It would, wouldn't it be nice? I would like to okay, let me let me put it this way: Where would I like to see myself in a few years? Mm -hmm. And it has to do more with podcasting than anything. I would really like mm. to grow my podcast. I think I found the newest thing in life that I absolutely love doing is making my podcasts, mm. and because it's as it's exciting making those as it was when I started YouTube fifteen years ago, mm -hmm. and so now it's like oh, this is this whole new thing but that's where i would like to be just mm -hmm. hopefully not even five years from now sooner than that i want to have a, a, a really good podcast i think it's a good podcast but i'd like for it to be better i i enjoy your podcast i i've only listened to a few episodes but the episodes i've listened to are great um i listened to a neil patrick harris episode which is really cool oh good and even yeah it's cool that yeah. he got into woodworking it was cool to hear his kind of journey yeah. with that yeah he took my course yeah yeah a lot it's, of people came in during the 2020 and picked up woodworking. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like in 2020 you started woodworking or camping. <laughs> right. Hashtag van other. life. 
Yeah. Or or became a famous TikToker. One of those two. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> um, no, I love that. That's, I love that. I think yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Podcasting so do you see yourself I mean, moving it is. for yeah. like, Sorry, I, you know, it's, I don't think it's ever going to replace my – it's not going to replace my day job or anything. But it's just something I love doing and I'd like to mm-hmm. continue doing that and just seeing where that goes. I think it's exciting because I don't really know how that show is going to take shape. It's already on its third name. We're going to talk about names of podcasts. I'm always changing the name of <laughs> I thought that <laughs> like, it had should expand names. it a little bit. Yeah. I started out as the woodworking talk show. And then I thought, mm-hmm. well, maybe if I bring in some other types of makers that aren't just woodworkers. And so I changed it to just the WTS because I thought, well, that's so mm-hmm. clever. Nobody will really know what that means. And then some people would say, <laughs> what does that mean? And I'd be like, well, it can mean whatever you want it to mean. And then <laughs> that was just so awkward. And so then recently I changed it to creative culture because then that way it's like, well, now that's a pretty big topic, creativity. I can talk to just about anybody I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can figure out yeah. a way to work that in, in into the realm. show. And so, yeah. yeah, so it's exciting. And I, I just love talking to people. I learned so much from talking to people. Same. I, and that's why we love we this podcast, same. I think, because we get to talk to people like you and learn about all the different things they're doing and how, all the lessons they've learned. It's, it just helps us learn. So it's awesome. It's a really cool opportunity. Yeah, I, I think I think that th- that is something that's never going to be replaced in woodworking is learning from other people, and you do that from talking to them. Oh, thank you so okay. much. This yeah. is you're welcome. This is amazing. Um, just to be able to get some personal insight, just to talk to you, quote unquote, face to face. Um, this is unreal. Uh, you know, oh, hopefully you. we we hit we hit our fangirling a little. Well, I hope we talked a little bit of woodworking in there somehow. But. Yeah, between the cats and the jokes. But Yeah, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. You guys are doing a great job. Hey, thanks. <clears throat> Thank you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, now that we're on that Discord together, I feel like there's going to be continued conversation, which I'm really excited about. That's that's really cool. So Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm all about the Discord now. Yeah, that's right. It's It's cool. It's, it's, the internet is so cool. It's weird. Yeah. And sometimes it's like not a good thing, but it's also awesome because you get to meet people yeah. all over the world. Yeah. Connect with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, Steve, thank you so much for hopping on. Um, this was greatly appreciated by both of us. Uh, we learned a ton from mm-hmm. you today and in the past, and we just look forward to continuing to learn from you and, and see where your YouTube and your podcast go. We know it's going to go great, great places. Well, it was my pleasure. It was it was great talking to both of you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Cool.